Welcome to the Malt Whiskey Trail podcast. This podcast is best enjoyed, responsibly of course, with a dram, the traditional measure of scotch. Our shows can be found at www.maltwhiskeytrail.com where you can also plan your trip to the world's first malt whiskey trail. Now, let's get into the show. Slanchevah! This week is part two of a two-part special where we speak to Struan Grant Ralph, Global Brand Ambassador for the Glenfiddich Distillery. We discuss the future of whiskey, the infamous Gooding Collection, and the perfect Speyside day. Hi, um, my name is Struan Grant Ralph. I'm the Glenfiddich Global Brand Ambassador. Uh, you join us here in the family room of the Glenfiddich Distillery. And uh, yeah, it's going to be my pleasure to take you through, I guess, a little bit of my story. Um, we'll um, chat about how I got to where I am now. We'll chat about our distillery and the fine drams uh, and a little bit about the area that, um, that I grew up in, which is Speyside. Everything that started this distillery came secondhand from a distillery called Cardew. There's a lady called Elizabeth Cummings. Uh, she was the sort of custodian of Cardew. She sold everything to William Grant mm -hmm. for the equivalent of about £400. Wow. So this distillery was founded on second-hand. They say, they say Cardew is responsible for three of the world's great whiskies because she sold to John Walker and Sons yeah, four years course. later. Yeah. I suppose you, you keep mentioning that it's um, kind of single malt capital of the world and um, obviously there's kind of a growing sort of need for consumers who are looking to trade up and s experimentation within whisky and... And for, for premium products as well, kind of like your Glenfiddich Grand uh, Cru, is it? Mm -hmm. um, but do, do you see kind of this experimentation as the future of whiskey, or do you think there'll still be a future for um, blends and non-age statements? Mm. It's a really interesting future now for whiskey, isn't it? Because we're entering into quite an age of uncertainty, even in just the last few months, but mm -hmm. probably as a sort of theme of the last five years. You've got uncertainty in terms of the markets that we export to. You're looking at tariffs in the US. You're looking at, you know, pandemics at the moment and, you know, reduction in travel and things like that. So uncertainty for the whiskey industry is nothing new. I think it's an industry that's managed to survive so much of that over the last 300 years. Um, what I personally would like to see is continued yeah, innovation uh, within limits. I think there's a responsibility for the Scotch whisky industry to stay within the confines of what is like classic single malts and blends and to stay within the confines of typical traditional maturation techniques. Mm -hmm. I think there are other industries in the world where experimentation is probably more relevant and I mean probably spirits industries that don't have the long history of single malt. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's great to see people recognize blends a lot more because that is the blends are really the cornerstone yeah. you know the reason that we're all here blends were the first to kind of conquer the world that's when people started drinking scotch yeah. and then malt yeah i think you'll probably see more in-grounds into the sort of the higher age statements i think like the average consumer is starting to recognize the real kind of like like the importance or the rarity or something about higher age statements and rarity. And then you'll probably see more access points in mm -hmm. terms of distilleries releasing interesting non-age statements. Uh, experimental range from Glenfiddich is a good example. Um, and 
many others, you know, across uh, across the industry. Mm -hmm. But it looks good. I think, like, certainly from our point of view, you're seeing enough kind of emerging markets and new consumers into the category uh, that keeps it buoyant. And I, yeah, I don't see that. I don't see that discontinuing. I was just talking about kind of um, the range of sort of whiskies in the world and whether experimenting is the way to go um, or a traditional dram. But if, if I was to throw a question of what's your favourite dram, <coughs> what would be your answer? See, we discussed this before as a question and I knew that I would be struggling to answer. <laughs> um, like I've tasted so many incredible whiskies, but so much of the experience of a whiskey is tied up in not just what's in the glass, but maybe like the story behind it or the people you're with or what you're celebrating, the reason you opened that bottle. Like, There's so many different facets to this simple act of enjoying whiskey. I think that's what makes it so special. I always said that Glenfiddich 15 year old is probably like, if I am opening a bottle of whiskey for a group of people, it's the one that I just seem to find appeals to such a broad range. And I you know, love it myself. It's great with food great for celebrating it's, it gives a really good example of the distillery style but then people want to hear kind of what's the oldest or rarest you've had so I've tasted Glenfiddich's back to the god I've tasted Glenfiddich's back to the 30s um, and I've tasted every sort of release that we've done in that you know in those like 40 year old 50 year old sort of age statements and they're all quite incredible and I've also been fortunate to share some of those whiskeys with people that made those so mm -hmm. um you know the men and women that worked here when those distillery when those whiskies were being laid down it's really quite incredible and also to think half a century ago what the world was like what was happening here how much was different and yet that whiskey never ever left here yeah and if we drink it in the bar downstairs it'll probably only left maybe a 30 meter square space mm -hmm. from grown in a field up here mashed and fermented downstairs in the tun room distilled probably under coal fire in old style stills uh, and then laid down into predominantly European oak during that era mm -hmm. and uh, and if that bottle never leaves the distillery and is in fact you know shared by us up here it's really quite incredible uh, by the same token some of these whiskies find themselves you know across the world somewhere but you know every time you open a whiskey that's got a great story behind it it's quite momentous but I would say everyday dram favorite 15 year old <laughs> and then there's a Glenfiddich which is a 1937 vintage cask it was in the rare cask releases that's probably the best whiskey I've ever tried wow. mm -hmm. and it was in the Gooding collection well you've, you've I was just about to move on so that I was going to say talking of rare whiskies um, sort of in the big whiskey news of the end of last year and this year is a perfect collection um, by Richard Gooding I know that you've got to kind of taste and comment on um, the Glenfiddich within the collection. Can you sort of elaborate on that experience and what it's been like? Yeah, great experience, great collection. As you mentioned, uh, I mean, arguably the, the most complete collection of whiskies in the world. It's quite incredible to see. Um, and even like someone like me who's quite used to seeing those styles of collections, we do have some great collectors around the world that I work with. Um, I was still kind of amazed. I saw a few Glenfiddichs there that I'd never seen yeah. before, including a 1936 uh, independent bottling of Glenfiddich. Um, yeah, it's really exciting time. Whiskey auctions is kind of a relatively new phenomenon. I think you'll see over the last maybe five years just such a an explosion of uh, 
these wonderful collections going to the secondary market. Mm-hmm. And uh, for someone like me who, I obviously love Glenfiddich and talk about that most often, but I also really enjoy the category of single malt and blends in general. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool to be able to see these things kind of available again. And a lot of these whiskeys history, like it's whiskey history, little pockets of um, legend and little, you know, such moments of kind of breakthrough and trial and tribulation all locked into these bottles. So that's really, really cool to see. If you could um, taste one of any of the Glenfiddich from the collection, which would you go for? I'm I'm quite fortunate that I've tasted a lot of them. Uh, (laughs) There was in the collection a 1921 Dallas Dew, which uh, being Forrest born and bred is obviously one of the ghosted distilleries of my hometown. Mm -hmm. And I do have a small collection of Dallas Dew. I would have been really interested to see that because it's a standalone. There's not really, there isn't really a back catalogue of Dallas Dews much beyond the 1960s. Mm-hmm. And then you have this 1921 just as an outlier. So, And I can, as a Glenfiddich ambassador, quite confidently say I can try Dallas Dew because it's hardly a competitor having been shut for the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. Just to tie up, um, maybe moving away from Whiskey perhaps, answer one corporate for whiskey one but you say you, you know you've, you've grown up here you know the space side area if you could recommend one thing to do anything within the area to a visitor what would it be the ultimate space side day i think you have to um you have to probably go to the coast mm-hmm. and see either lossy or fintorn beaches walk on the beach at low tide and then come through Elgin, I would go to the Gordon and McPhail shop on South Street in Elgin and pick yourself up. It's kind of an interesting shop because you can buy very rare single cask whiskies, but you can also buy great sandwiches and <laughs> soup. Uh, probably a representation of the surrounding area because great soup and great whiskies is kind of what we're about up here. So I would stop there. I would see as many distilleries as you can, but try and see a few different types because obviously you've got distilleries like ourselves, McAllen, Glenlivet, which are very, very large. Uh, and you're going to see probably whiskey making um, on the kind of large scale. You can also, by the same token, see incredibly small distilleries. So try and see, yeah, someone like Dallas Dew, which we mentioned has a whiskey visitor center of the history of distilling. That will give you a chance to see a ghosted distillery. Mm-hmm. Um, go to Ben Roma, really small. I'm being very biased in my hometown <laughs> right now. <laughs> and finish up with a dram. Finish up with a dram and um, do you know what? There's so many great whiskey pubs up here, so you should probably get yourself a designated driver and visit the Dowens Hotel for some food. Probably go for a dram in either the Fiddick side in. Highlander in Mashtan. Oh god, so many. This is a long day. This is a long day. <laughs>